0: Hello. Ooh, cool. Can you hear it? Yeah. Testing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um my first curiosity around around growing up and like always thinking about Canada what country it was was oh wow, it's the It's an ultimate, like, the most developed country in the world. People would have everything. Is that really the truth? (laughs) How was growing up in Canada, like, for you guys? Um, Because you guys were born here and raised here. So, how was it? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I agree that people can have everything here. Um, I, like, as I got older, I mean, we we weren't wealthy growing up, so... like I was really used to not having access to everything yeah just like you know things you might want your parents to buy for you and stuff like that mostly experiences it was mostly like oh not being able to learn dance or uh, go to camp or stuff like that but as I've gotten older um, you know then once you have your own job and I guess I've just realized like here we just everyone can live like a king and queen you know, like, because even if you're just middle class or, like, slightly lower, um, yeah, I feel like you can have all your basic necessities, and, like, I mean, even just having a flushing toilet feels like living like a king, Mm -hmm. in some way, and, like, obviously, there's... (laughs) because they don't have
1: that in Nepal. Exactly, like, when comparing
0: it to, to, like, developing countries, yeah, you know, like, once, as I got older and visited Nepal or different countries and would come back to Canada, it's just, like, with the mild weather in Vancouver. And it depends what you prioritize and also what your responsibilities are, obviously. But as a young person, that was something that I realized. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like material objects and stuff are quite available in Canada, um, but obviously there's like a lot lacking in other ways. But as far as materiality goes, I don't know, this is such like, this. every time I say a sentence, I'm like, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, so that was, like, just, you know, a thought I had at some point in my early 20s. Yeah. Could you
1: share, maybe, like, what was it like when you were, like, early 10s or... Oh, yeah, as a child? those vivid memories, yeah. Yeah,
0: living in Canada here. Yeah, yeah. I guess I felt... Until a certain age, I felt like, you know, I got along with other people. But around 10, we moved to Vancouver. Um... And then our d- wealth disparity kind of was a bigger focus because mm-hmm. we lived in a complex within a very wealthy community. And so I really noticed the difference between the personality of rich people and mm-hmm. what it, I guess what it, I don't know, just like how out of place I felt. And like when I look back on it, I think it was just cause it, like I just couldn't relate to Canadians most Canadians unless they were poor or like from a different culture and had some like different understanding or about life but like just like regular Canadian kids who had like grown up going to the same school in the same little suburban Mm -hmm. neighborhood I found really hard to relate to um yeah and kind of like Yeah. Wait. What was the focus of the question? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so just just wanting to listen to how you're growing, how your experience growing up was. Yeah. Like, did you have access to all the basic needs? Were you sort of feeling isolated, or were you like felt right. towards belong to the community?
0: Right. Yeah. I felt isolated. And I think from not, you know, like I didn't ever play sports and that's kind of like a big thing people do here. Right, oh my god, people are crazy about sports here. Yeah, it's like everyone's enrolled like a, in like a different class every yeah. day yeah. after school kind of thing. So, and I think a lot of socializing for kids and teens happens through sports. Mm -hmm. It's, like, there is the culture of sports and, like, all the things you learn on the field, I guess. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't realize that until I was a bit older, maybe a teenager. I was, like, whoa, I don't know how to do this because we'd have to do it in PE.
2: Yeah.
0: And, like, I was just, like, afraid to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I was quite sheltered. Like I would spend most of my days at home like drawing after school or watching movies and Mm -hmm. reading maybe with my friend. But like, yeah, I was
2: comfortable. Because we had a nice, like, a good... S- Suna was the type that would meet up with a friend and they would read. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. We'd, like, go to a park and then hang out read? there all day the just reading. <laughs> I had the books I got from the library. <laughs> yeah. <Yes.
1: laughs> How was it, like, for you? Because, like,
2: you must have a different experience, no? Um, well, actually very similar experience to Suna since we were in a lot of the same places. For the, for the most part, we were always together. And I'm only a couple years older. But I don't think that we really processed what our childhood was like until we were, like young adults, or up until now, have a way better understanding of like things that happened that you just didn't really think one way or another, like good or bad. It just was like, that's what life is when mm-hmm. you're a kid. Um, but when I look back on it... It's easier to see that, you know, being from a different culture made us have certain unique experiences that weren't always shared, depending on where we lived. And we had, we lived, we moved around a lot, so I think for um, a childhood experience, like we were at a different school almost every year for a while and we went, we lived in a lot of places around Canada, but we also went back to Nepal and spent time, we would homeschool there. And I think doing that a few times at a young age helped us see how different people live in different ways. And since that was our family, it was like, oh, we can see that our family in Nepal lives a certain way and they have these certain priorities. And then coming to Canada, the priorities are very different. Mm -hmm. And even as a kid, you can kind of see like, oh, we're kind of spoiled in Canada. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you think you're lacking, it's like, even as a kid, you're like, oh, I don't have this. And you go travel, it helps you see like, oh, okay, that's like, not very important. And, you know, going to Nepal, it's like, the toys are as simple as like having marbles and then like mm,
1: yeah. <laughs> drooling over marbles, marbles go a fight long over way. It.
2: <laughs> I remember being
1: so angry when somebody took my marbles without asking. Uh,
2: I just remember being like I'm at a big disadvantage because I haven't been playing marbles my whole life and I would always buy a sack of marbles and I'd yeah. lose them all like really really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure our cousin Bibek was the one that would like win them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's like a big treasure as a child when mm-hmm. when you grow up in Nepal too. Yeah. But one thing that I really think like Suna did touch on a lot of things that are um, that I also believe I agree with. But one thing that I think is a really big difference between here and other countries. Is the safety like we have the privilege Mm. of safety when we go out, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of places just don't have that, and I think that is a mark of privilege, as well as just like when you're in places where people are poor, they're more desperate and more willing to do things that are that put other people in danger, Mm -hmm. and so it definitely feels very different when we go back to Nepal, but even other countries just traveling. Canada is very sheltered and very safe by comparison. Even though people say that you have to be really careful (laughs) and you do, you know, obviously have to be mindful of certain places, but even in the, um, the most desperate neighborhoods in Vancouver, I feel, I feel a lot safer than I have when I've lived in other countries. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely feel safer. I can like mm-hmm. go 1 a.m. at night and I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. feel scared that someone, be, someone would be kidnapping me or raping me. Or, yeah, because yeah, that is a usual thing that can happen in Nepal yeah. like, at night. Mm-hmm. How was you, your experience growing up in, in the village in Nepal? Simple
3: morning, early morning, getting up every day at 3.30. Making sure, you know, your chores are done. Um, Then, you know, Kathmandu's different. Uh, Living with other family, that's, uh, again, it's, uh, you know, you do your chores. If you do a mistake, you get gully. Mm -hmm. Um, Always uh, felt, uh, you know. I'm glad I was poor. Mm -hmm. That's what I can say. Because uh, if I was rich and I got everything, I think my life I wouldn't value the way I'm valuing now. Mm. Um, I don't remember being child; always been adult, which I feel good when I can help. And um, but safety, I didn't feel safe in Nepal. Mm. Always either somebody come and beat you, you hit you for no mm-hmm. reason, but uh, and also. Being Nepali, um, I remember, I wanted to go to a restaurant or go to a store that uh, you know look at things, jewelry or anything, and they look at you and they said, "No, you can't buy this. Mm. Yeah. It's they not for you. for you." Yeah. yeah.
1: For what you wear. Yeah. yeah. In
3: um, the restaurant, they said it's too expensive. But in Canada, I felt very safe very safe and if I have uh, uh, money I can go to any big hotel and eat food and um, I can wear anything nobody judging here and I I work hard when I was little and uh, I work hard for you know anything to get my you know life and I felt easy working here. There wasn't like, um you know, Nepal working as a servant. You have so many things you have to do so, uh, you know, so many hours. If you don't, then you get, get beat up. Here, you know, you have a job. You go, as long as you do right, nobody, you know, uh, scold you. And that was my experience here. Um, But being, being a different color, there is a struggle, there is a name calling, and I went through that difficult time. Um, I did cry when they called me name. Then when I told, uh, I was taking uh, English as a second language, and I told teacher and they said, that's not you, those ignorance and just ignore. Mm. And I just like, that's not my problem. My color is my color. They're putting me down, but also, they're they are putting themselves down. That's mm-hmm. how I put it. My life is here. Long way to go still. Compared to Nepal, uh, if I work honestly, I can do any job
1: here. In terms of culture, so because obviously we are all born and raised as Tamangs, mm-hmm. and did you find any differences? growing up three kids in Canada as a Tamang woman.
3: Yes. Yeah. How yes.
1: is it?
3: Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. First of all, I, you know, I, my husband is uh, different and um, when I had uh, my baby mm-hmm. in Nepal, usually, you know, man, a father will make sure, you know, food is ready, right food for mother and uh here being a different culture different you know like and um uh my husband didn't know how to even uh, you know um serve me mm. and the food especially you know uh, meal that uh, mother eats and, and so a certain thing you don't give to mother mm-hmm. but that's what i got from my husband. <laughs> oh, <of> course, yeah. <laughs> I, I at that time I didn't tell, but I cry. Yeah. If I was home, they would have made in chicken soup and soothing food and yeah. you know helping with baby and me and um, When she came, I was only two, two months in Canada And uh, before that, uh, even though I spoke English was uh, little, when uh, my baby was born and I was just uh, talking to her. Tamang, I cry. I tell story, and she would look at me like she understood me, <laughs> 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 and she's looking mm, mm, like that. Yes, you understand, <laughs> and I, I'm laughing, crying, you know, happy with joy, and my my, this is me, and nobody can take over. And no- Suna and Jamuna is just twenty months apart, and Suna came, and Suna's another one, uh, different. Each, each kids have a unique of my heart. She's very, very busy. She's always curious, you know, she's looking at me and what's next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she' trouble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and always like, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, particular when I have to say about she's, uh, I think not even two and talking and going around and telling people, I don't like that. Oh, she's and very vocal about she's it. She's <laughs> very vocal. And I said, shh, don't say that. Yeah. And she would go and to the person, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so people are laughing. And she's, uh, so Suna is later on. Um, she's a witness to what I, um, Sometime, I was called crazy. I would do and something just uh, making sure i was all right that's uh sooner passing always been busy whenever i get very overwhelmed and upset and she he calms me down he you know like key that no big deal chill you know like that mm-hmm. so they all have a different uh, uniqueness that uh, gift for me um, raising as a mother, being tamang, always uh, taught them how to do. You know, you have to bow, and uh, um, when you go to Nepal, you respect all the elders. So that's
1: what I as a tamang. Did you I guys like ever feel like something was always forced to do, and you never understood why you had to do it? With the ceremonies. With the stuff? ceremonies and how the cultural thing works in our brain. I yeah. feel like
2: a lot of things are just like, do this, don't yeah. ask questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and like, especially when we're in Nepal, where it's like everyone's communicating in mm-hmm. Nepali or Tamang. Yeah. And then we're, which we don't, we're not fluent in. Mm-hmm. When we were younger, I think it was a little easier for us, but I feel like so often a, just lately, the last couple times, few times that we've gone back and we've been in ceremonies and I was like, do this. Okay, now do that. And it's like, there's no room for like explaining anything and everyone's talking to Polly. So you're like, okay. So you kind of just feel like this puppet that's like moving along, (laughs) but also like feeling really like you get to be a part of something really special as well. And it's like something, I think Sun and I both like really value that, so
0: yeah. I really value it but I feel very alienated when I'm within it. Because mm-hmm. usually I mean, the last time I went to Nepal it was just me. Mm-hmm. I went on my own and I never understood the context of what was going on. And even here too, sometimes when it's like all of us and then you and Momo can speak Nepali and so you and Emma and Agu are mm-hmm. all speaking, like I feel it's it's quite it's, like, very emotional for me because I just never understand what's happening. And, it, and then I'm like, whoa, this is how it's always been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just, you know, I've created my life here where I'm not, you know, I'm just not surrounded by Nepali people all the time and Tamang Yeah, I wish I could speak fluently. It's, like, the only thing that's missing from my life pretty much is speaking Nepali and Tamang fluently. Because it's, like, yeah, it's just, there's this whole world that I don't have access to. Mm -hmm. that I can only glimpse little pieces but I'll never really understand. I'm a bit ashamed to say this, but
1: I also feel the same way when (laughs) when dad speaks in tamang. Oh yeah, right, because you can't understand. I don't understand tamang, like a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it's not the whole context. So yeah, in some ways I kind of relate to it. Next time I'll try
0: harder. (laughs) Well, actually I've started, you do try really hard to explain all the rituals Mm -hmm. and stuff. Like you've, that just is something you've naturally done a lot. Mm -hmm. So I do understand some of the significance behind things more. You know, just even the stories about why this grass is used and mm-hmm. stuff like that.
1: I feel like even us, we were never explained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were always told, "You have to do this, and this is how ritual works. This is how ceremonies work." Mm-hmm. Like we are a generation of rebels, right? We totally. ask questions, as the "Why things have to be this particular way?" And totally. <laughs> I
2: think we've gotten more explanations since you and Momo have come into our lives than we really? ever did before. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Oh, is that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I still don't know why we put the say tika on tika?
2: the side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, our our tika used to be red. Oh, we always right. did red, and then we changed to white. Tika
3: is more and more I understand. It's a Hindu people they did. Mm-hmm. It's a, but, uh but our Tamang people, there was a war. There are lots of king, mm-hmm. and um, so. Just like hundreds of years ago? Uh, yeah, and uh, there was Tamang king. They wanted to get, uh, and Tamang were very, very smart, and they can see what's coming. Mm. And uh, never, you know, the other side, other king, they wouldn't, they couldn't tell how these people getting messes. Mm. Because these are Lama and Bonpo, they get uh, messes from other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, they they tricked this... Among people to come down, we have a meeting, and uh, they, uh, what do you call the posago? Yeah, trick. Tricked to come down, and they.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's did that trapped and they
3: killed Mm. and those those tika was they were happy now we got rid of, and uh, those tikka is blood and rice. And this is why Tamang people don't want to celebrate Dasai. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Tamang
1: people traditionally had uh, Buddhism as religion, B- yeah. okay. as your main religion. So the Tika is Hindu. Hindu. Yeah, yeah but the Tika is a Hindu thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's a sort of a complicated thing that Nepal itself is a secular country, but mm-hmm. 80% of them are Hindus. Mm. so the minority group which is Buddhist and Muslims and Christians mm-hmm. this order are blended in their culture anyways because Hindus are part of their everyday lives mm-hmm. yeah. and whatever they celebrate they tend to celebrate because mm. it later when there was like one Nepal the king kind of tells everybody that you celebrate everything. Mm-hmm. We celebrate each other's mm-hmm. diversity and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like we were not given us even a chance to celebrate our diversity. We were mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. told to concede to mm-hmm. the majority kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So because of that, um, well, the tikka was always blessing. Blessing, but not with a red and uh, so I, I'm i not putting on that red anymore. I, I took vow, vow mm-hmm. on I'm not gonna put red. Because one is uh, respecting my ancestor. That's uh, uh, as soon as red remind our blood, our people who got killed. And then the other is uh, just two blessing is you don't need the red. Uh, there was no red powder in the village. Mm. And we just did uh, yogurt in, a tikka. That's, a, that's a blessing so the answer to your question why we have a tikka so more in a, the same time as you uh, oldest person gives you blessing more rice on your head forehead and that many blessing you get mm. and that was an auspicious uh, way of celebrating uh, every year once a year that's the ritual they did And then there, the Hindu side is other uh, again is a celebrating of getting rid of devil, yeah, and uh, celebrating of a good um, life after working hard. So getting rid of enemy and celebrating altogether. Yeah. Goodness. Hinduism
1: has a lot of stories mm-hmm. related to Dasai, yeah, Tihar. Mm. which is like the biggest celebration even today because that's when we get the longest holidays. Yeah, yeah two <laughs> weeks. Yeah, two months. Oh, two weeks. <laughs> we we'll well, used to get one month, <laughs> like what? whole month of October. <laughs> <laughs> It's so happy time. One month time.
3: holiday. <laughs> it's a combined with the uh, Tehar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. When so, we were growing
1: up, the only thing I used to look forward to was the one month holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like our Christmas
2: holiday. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 I you know, you yeah.
3: Too. In a village, you work, 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 work. In this three days I look forward was so as a children. Mm-hmm. Three days you raise, you know, you keep those grass not cutting, grow long for those three days. You cut, and when you have a lot, you know, long grass, you fill up your doko very quickly, and uh, animal will be getting eaten, and we get to play. Mm. And that was my biggest (laughs) (laughs) child. Game time. Yeah, game time friend. You get to uh, play swing and visit your friend.